Oh, finally, Kevin Barker. Finally, Charlie Montoyo and the Blue Jays get... I mean, I wouldn't call it a laugher, but they finally get a win this year in a non-save situation. Uh, 6-1 over the Boston Red Sox. Early offense in the second inning. And uh, Jose Barrios overcoming a shaky a shaky start, a shaky first inning. But, uh, look, we've we've talked all along that... In the initial stages of this year, with this schedule biting the way it bites, with the Red Sox, the Astros, then the Red Sox again, then the Astros, then the Yankees. Um, I mean, yeah, you want as many wins as possible, but if you're Charlie Montoya, what you really want to do is you you really want to win these series. Put these series in your back pocket and, you know, by that point, hopefully, when that's done, hopefully he'll get Teoscar back. At some point, Danny Jansen's coming back. But uh, lots and lots and lots of good signs tonight. And I guess, you know, we'll we'll await to hear, uh, Kevin, more news on George Springer, who was hit by a pitch and forced to leave the game. But Arash Madani, who is in Fenway Park with the Jays, reporting that x-rays were negative. Uh, Springer came out of the game after the hit by pitch, so... Uh, I, I would presume that he's not likely to play in tomorrow afternoon's series finale. But uh, if that's the case, if it's just simply a matter of him missing one or two games, then the night actually turned out even better than it appears to be right now. Yeah, well, look, whenever you see George Springer going down, you're thinking about the way Bo and Vladdy look right now. You know, Vladdy looks to me like he's guessing a little bit. He's, he's trying to guess along with the pitcher, you know, trying to think of what he's going to throw him in certain situations. It doesn't look like Vladdy, right? I want Vladdy to go up and be aggressive. And, and if George Springer's not in the lineup and you had Teoscar Hernandez not in the lineup and – you know, it seems like the bottom of the order starting to get their feet wet a little bit. They're having better at bats. They're, you know, they're not chasing as much. They're trying to use the entire field. You you see today that they made an effort to try and go the other way. That was one through nine in the order. Now, you know, the first couple of batters there to, to lead off the game, Springer and Bo, uh, look, they're way too aggressive. Yeah, I, I know I love that aggressive thing when, when it's in your strike zone. It's, it's where you want to, you know, be able to make – good solid contact but going outside the strikes on that that's sometimes a little hard to handle and then you have the the vladdy effect going up and you know I, maybe this is exactly what we're going to have to get used to seeing is is that in between that guessing occasionally and you know he he's a great hitter he'll figure it out but this is exactly what you want when you go on the road you want your best pitcher p- pitching sort of the the way you expect him to pitch now obviously Barrios was you know he he was had a looked to me like he's having trouble getting loose early uh the velocity on his fastballs uh, after i think after the jd martinez single to right field the rbi single in the first he basically went away from his sinker and and whenever you're having a tough time uh, uh, telling whether it's a sinker or a, a four seamer that would tell you that you know he's having a little issues finding, finding a release point finding some late movement on the sinker looked to me like he eliminated now the fifth inning came around if you notice jeff he was throwing harder you know he was run, running up there. he hit 97 in the fifth <clears throat> inning he sure did so you you could tell he'd went away from the sinker uh he, he was throwing he threw a couple of changeups maybe three four or five changeups he threw uh the breaking ball was outstanding i i, I talked to you a, a lot about that and i talked to pete walker about what what are you supposed to look for with the breaking ball and he said a lot of that is velocity 
when you're seeing it consistently 83 84 that means everything that should be going right is going right he's got good feel for it he can start at the righty to steal a strike he can you know have the big breaker where he wants to eliminate the right-handed hitter he back footed footed a couple of times to lefties now lefties were four for seven off of him tonight so you know he wasn't real good there but Look, he pitched out of the stretch all, all night. And, and when a guy does that and can still give you six innings and give you a chance to win on the road, what more can you ask for? 416-870-0590, star 591 Lots to talk about out of this game. Maybe take a look ahead to the Jays tomorrow uh, without George Springer if he's given the day off. How do you think Charlie Montoya plays that? You know, Kevin talked about Jose Barrios. The bullpen did really good work tonight. And... I guess the best thing, Kevin, from Charlie's point of view, is you're going into the deciding game of this series. You got Simber, you got Romano, you got Jimmy Garcia. You 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 didn't have to use them. You didn't have to use them tonight. Trevor Richards really really bailed them out, getting getting Trevor's story out, uh, striking him out to end that inning, and then getting a quick one two three, eighth inning, and Julian Merriweather coming in to clean it up. I mean, it, it's you know, Kevin for a game against for a game at Fenway Park. Where your starting pitcher was down one nothing after seven pitches, you know, those games usually end in a, in disaster. <laughs> yeah, at Fenway Park, for it to finish the way it did here, I mean, it's almost it's almost scary how how much things kind of things kind of fell into place here. And we really did. This this is this is what you expect from Jose Barrios. Isn't it? Jose Barrios yeah. is like a he's like a fighter who's going to take punches and not go down. He's a guy who's going to give you innings. He's durable. Um, yeah, he, he's I mean, he's not he's not going to come out and, and necessarily blow you away all the time, but he's going to grind and going to give you a chance to win. And I thought the fact that he was able to get his pitch count up to near 100 today, like I, I that was, I think, a good outing for Jose Barrios at this time of year, that's probably a good outing for him to have to work his ass off to get out of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what the the really good pitchers do when they don't have their best stuff. They don't have the, you know, one of the pitches that can go into a righty, uh, you know, have the breaking ball feet off that and go away from a righty when they don't have one of those, how do they get people out? And, you know, you started seeing a little bit more of the, the, the asserted effort at the end of his release point to try and add a little extra velocity to the fastball. That's why we saw, I think, in the fifth inning, you know, he may be getting a little bit looser at that time because he'd thrown a lot of pitches coming around to the fifth inning. But, you know, it's, it's in-game adjustments. You, you could see when the camera was panned over to him. Petey was over there talking to him. Had, Petey had his hand over his mouth, was telling him something. I'm, I'm sure it was, I know your stuff's not working the way you want it to work, but let's let's fight through it here. You know, make your misses good when you're missing, because he missed early on the plate. And when you miss early on the plate in Fenway Park to some good hitters, they're going to make you pay for it. And that's exactly what happened. And after that first inning, you know, and then the second inning came around, they scored the five runs. It was just like, okay. Okay, even though I don't have two of my pitches, because I got a nice little cushion here, I can try and attack these guys with, with uh, you know, with uh, with just a couple of two pitches. You know, again, it's real simple. He he faced 28 batters and threw 20 strikes, 20 strike ones. That's a that's a big deal for him, especially again when you're in these small ballparks and and you just don't have your best stuff to be able to get ahead most of the time and then start expanding with the big giant breaking ball that he has. Look, that's. This is exactly what you want. You want him to grind through him when he has to, and that's what he did. 
416-870-0590-888-666-0590, star 590. The Blue Jays beating the Boston Red Sox 6-1 to tonight at Fenway Park. The third game of the series goes tomorrow at 1.37 p.m. Ben Wagner will have the call of the game on Sportsnet 590. The fan, Blair and Barker, will be on for half an hour before the game from 1 to 1.30, and then we will be around at the end of tomorrow afternoon's game as well for Blue Jays talk. Again, the numbers to call 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. You mentioned Vladimir Guerrero Jr., three walks today. Uh, much of the conversation coming into last night's game, Kevin, was how teams were pitching Vladdy. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're right. It, it, it looks a little bit like Vladdy's guessing right now. Uh, but but I got to tell you, you know, with 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 Bo Bichette not doing a great deal in front of him, although Bo Bo did have a a, a two run single tonight, a big hit. But with Bo not doing much in front of him and Teoscar not behind behind him, I almost get the sense that Vladdy's on a bit of an island right now. You know, he's just kind of he he he's 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 just kind of stranded there. And um, if if it takes a game like tonight for Vladdy to force opposing teams to maybe come to him a little more. I'll take that. I'll take the three walks given where given where he is right now, given what he's going through right now at this point in the season. Yeah, I, I just think it's I they scored six runs in Fenway Park and really Bo Bichette was the only one to contribute with uh you know with with, with the RBI with the RBI single. Um that just says, I think, just how much the bottom of that order came through. And, you know, Rymel Tapia, again, this is – we're just – this is what he is going to do. This is – we've basically seen him – I mean, this is the whole Rymel Tapia experience right now. And I guess, Kevin – that if you are the Blue Jays, your hand may be forced here. You may have to play him more, depending on what happens to Springer. But you're kind of betwixt and between, right? Because, as you said, a guy like Tapia has to play to get better. Yeah. At the same time, if you're the Blue Jays, the only way he's really getting in the lineup is if somebody else is hurt. <laughs> yeah. For the most part, right? So you've got to find that there, there's there's that balance there. But... uh Boy, the bottom of the order tonight. Tapia had a home run. Espinal walked, scored a run. There were four runs scored by the bottom of the order. Alejandro Kirk, we got to talk a bit about him. Two opposite field hits, a walk, scored a run. Kevin Biggio got a single. Kevin Biggio getting off the schneid, got a single and scored a run. But I want to talk about, about Alejandro Kirk because he is now, as we've said, the number one catcher for this team. And... That's going to put the mans on him defensively as well as offensively. What do you make of where he is right now? Because we saw him yesterday with a couple of those infield hits. Now we've seen him with a couple of hits to the opposite field. You 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 kind of get the sense, Kevin, without overplaying this, that he's settling into the temporary role he now has. Yeah, I think so. Well, the the one thing that stood out to me tonight is the little stride separation that he added to his swing. You know, he he sort of eliminated his lower half, and then he had that little 
the the heel raise and then he tries to level out his swing and and he think he looked to me at least he was thinking right center when he thinks right center uh, because he has the bat-to-ball skills, he has enough bat speed, and that can keep his barrel in the hitting zone a little bit longer, which allows him to be able to cover a little bit more of the strike zone. And, you know, a, a guy at, hitting at the bottom of the order who can do some things, that's what you want him to do. You want him to, you know, start the lower half a little sooner. And with him doing that tonight, you could tell he, he was just feeling a little bit more comfortable with who, where he's at at the plate and who, who he's trying to become. But you, you just look at the second inning. Uh, they they had four two strike hits, which is a big deal. They had nine hits tonight. Six of those came with two strikes. Uh, in, in that second inning, they had three walks with a wild pitch. Uh, the in the three walks, Espinal went to a one two count when the and then had a, a seven pitch walk. That's a big deal, mm-hmm. right? You know, you get to two strikes, you battle, and you could see Espinal was making an effort to fight balls off, thinking about going the other way. And on Blair Barker today, I told you that the league's made a little adjustment to this team. The the right-handed pitching that they're facing is going to make them use the whole field. They're going to make them beat them to right center field. Can they do that? And you, I think you saw a little bit of the effort of we're going to let the ball travel. We're going to try not to chase as much. If we get a ball on the plate that we can drive over there, we're not going to take it. We're going to try and hit it over there with a, with a you know a good base, a good lower half, uh, using our hands and good directions with the barrel. So, you know, all of the things that, that I think they had to do to take a step forward, they did it. Now, you know, I don't like – I didn't like Vladdy's at bats tonight. It looked to me like he was trying to walk. I, I, we, you don't want Vladimir – Better walk than – well, I mean, well, you know, well, this, sure. is a guy that, this is a guy that spent the last, the last two days having people tell him that he's chasing. Right? Yeah, but there's, there's one, there's he, one he's, thing he's I have going outside the zone. And, I mean, I, I think it's, under, it, it's almost understandable that he would, that he would do this. He's taking a lot of good pitches to hit was my point. And, and you know, look, just looked to me like he was making an effort at going up there and thinking walk first. I don't want him doing that. I want him thinking hitting first. And he's walking because he's having that good approach. And, you know, when he's in that athletic position and, and he's a little scarier to hit to pitchers that way, that's when they tend to go outside the strike zone. So, yeah, I, yeah listen, when, when you're going the way he is, sort of a little bit of a hiccup, I'm with you. Having three walks in the game is is good because that don't hurt your batting average and that gives you a little confidence getting on base. You're helping your team that way. But I always want Vladdy to think hit first. And I think that's a, that's the way he'll stay consistent is to walk up there and think about hammering baseballs, getting that good pitch to hit. And if he does that consistently, you know he'll drive baseballs and help this team win games. So let's uh... – Let's just assume, if we we want to assume, if we can assume, that uh, George Springer doesn't doesn't play tomorrow uh, as a result of the getting hit by that pitch, even though the X rays X rays are negative. We hope he does play, but let's just a little bit of thought exercise here, Kevin Barker. He doesn't play tomorrow. How does Charlie play this against the right hander? Against well, Tanner Howe. Well, he had to he had the Saturday off, and who led off Tapia? So I'm, I would assume Tapia's coming off a home run. You know, his bats are looking a little bit better. Uh, you know, thinking about him getting on base early in a game could put a little pressure on Tanner Houck. And, and, you know, he'd be thinking more about him than he would be thinking about Bo. And maybe he hangs a pitch to Bo or he hangs a pitch to Vladdy. So I, I would assume that would be the guy. There's not a real obvious person other than him for me anyway. You know, it's not going to be anybody else that's coming off the bench. It's going to be that guy that had a little success the day before. And Right. We know Zach Collins will catch Kevin Gossman. Yeah, and he'll hit, you know, somewhere down towards the, the end of the order. So, yeah, I would think it'd be Tapia. I'm okay with that. You know, I think his at-bats are getting a little bit better. 
but hopefully cross your fingers that George Springer's playing tomorrow. That, that's best case, best case scenario because you mentioned it. You want to win series, and to do that, you have to have your best lineup in there, especially when some of your better guys aren't hitting the way you expect them to be hitting. You need everybody in the lineup that way, you know, maybe George Springer could run into one. Maybe that would give the guy confidence that's hitting behind George Springer to have a little bit better at bat, and then that's the way that thing's contagious. But then all of a sudden, if he's missing a couple of games, now how's your lineup look? It it looks like it's easier to pitch to. I can pitch around this guy to get to this guy, and, you know, it makes it a little easier for a manager to match up against these certain guys. So hopefully George Springer's in in the lineup tomorrow, and you don't have to worry about that. But if if he's not, I would assume it's Tapia. 416-870-0590, Star 591, 590 The Blue Jays beating the Boston Red Sox. Six to one. They will finish the three game series tomorrow afternoon on one thirty seven first pitch. Then it's on to Houston to play the Astros. So we've got a lot to talk about. We can talk about Alejandro Kirk, Jose Barrios, his start today. That is, as we said, that's kind of Jose Barrios personified. We'll get your take on Vladdy's Vladdy's night. Kevin not overly impressed with, with what he saw. He, he thought that he took some hittable pitches. Uh, I'm of the opinion that, you know, I, I just I, I want Vladdy to not not make outs while he's trying to figure out, while he's trying to sort of regain his his sea legs. But for that to work, he needs folks to hit around him. And right now, with 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 Bo and and Guriel in the cleanup spot instead of Teoscar, as I said, I just I think Vladdy's Vladdy's kind of an island on an island right now. It's almost survival mode for him. So we have a lot to talk about. We'll get back to it. This is Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Charlie, what's uh, the latest on spring? Well, that's why I'm laughing because <laughs> uh, it's a contusion, so nothing broken. So that's good news. Boy, is that ever good news. That is Charlie Montoyo, the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, talking to Arash Madani following tonight's 6-1 win. George Springer left the game after getting hit by a pitch. No, it was not retaliation for Trevor Story getting hit by a pitch. But George Springer left the game and uh, was taken for x-rays. And according to Charlie Montoyo, nothing broken, just a contusion, which is a fancy word for a bruise. So uh, I would think, you know, we were looking ahead, Kevin, now, George Springer didn't play in Houston last year. He was hurt when the Jays returned to Houston. I've got to think he, he'd want to get in the lineup against the Astros. He may not be all that averse to missing that first game, though, if Justin <laughs> Verlander is, is pitching. You know, if you're a veteran, you may want to exercise that sort of veteran's prerogative. You know, Charlie, it feels better, but I might be able to might be able to use another day here. Yeah, well, I, I think the way I know George Springer, in a way, you know, we hope we all know George Springer. He understands who's not in the lineup and, and how the lineup's looking. Right. You know, they were two they were two for eight with runners in scoring position again tonight. They punched out eleven times. Like you know, to to say that there, it's still a little bit of a work in progress. And, and that the best guys, you know, if they can duct tape it up, go to Home Depot, buy you some duct tape, duct tape that thing up, get in there and have some good at-bats and help your team win a series. And I, I personally think that's what's going to happen. And now the Bet365 standings update. You can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played 19-plus 
play responsibly. Ontario only. As we look at the American League East standings, the Yankees and Jays are both seven and five. Tampa Bay is seven and six. The Boston Red Sox are six and six. Good old Baltimore. Good old Baltimore is four and eight. And uh, the Yankees and Rays are both on two game. I know we call them two game winning streaks. They've won. They've won back to back. They've won back to back games. So there we are in the American League East. Uh, as uh, the Jays will wrap up that series against Boston tomorrow afternoon at Fenway Park on a one thirty-seven first pitch. You made an interesting point off the air, Kevin, about Jose Barrios and how he pitched tonight's game. And both Barrios and Gossman, Kevin Gossman, who goes tomorrow, will be facing the Red Sox in their next start albeit at the Rogers Center. Look, it's it's early in the season, but do you think... I, I'm not saying that Jose Barrios would go to the mound tonight thinking, okay, I'm facing these guys now, and I'm facing these guys in five days, so I got to kind of almost treat this as if it's one game split into two. He wouldn't be thinking that. Like, I mean, he he's going to go out and try to do what he has to do to win tonight. Or do you think that there was, once he got into the second inning and once it, once he got that lead, that he decided, you know what, let's yeah, maybe do things a little differently here and 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 not entirely tip my hand for that next start. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that you know he started the the game thinking, okay, I'd, I'd re- love to get through this with two pitches and not and not showing my change up and my power sinker. I'd love to not do that. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think that was that was the case. But you know, then the first inning happened, and he you could tell for whatever reason he was having a real tough time getting loose, and the extension just wasn't there, and the location on his fastball, both of them wasn't there. Uh, you just look like he wasn't in the flow just quite yet. And then the second inning happened, and it's 5-1, to one, and he came out. And I just don't remember seeing a sinker. Like, I, I you, yeah. that ninety that 93 that he kept throwing to me looked like a fastball. His sinker, when you see it moving, it is 93, 94 miles an hour. But it's you can tell the difference. Like, when it leaves his hand, it's got a lot of movement boring in on the right-handed hitters. And you just couldn't really tell that tonight. So, for me – at least I'm thinking that's probably the conversation that Petey's having over there. Hey, you know what? Who guess who you're facing next time? Maybe if we got a chance here and you got you get frisky with your fastball, and even if people know the breaking ball's coming, it's so good when he's throwing it like he was throwing it tonight. As many times he's throwing, you can tell him it's coming. And you ain't going to hit it just because it's very hard to tell the difference between his fastball and his breaking ball. And when he starts it at the righty like that, can still a strike with it. I mean, basically, you're at his mercy. So I don't think it really mattered if he if he was he showing 20, him the breaky ball. Yeah, he had, no, he had 27 curves going. He'd thrown 27 curves going into the fifth inning. Yeah. So I think for me personally, I just Few I think change-ups. I think once it happened, the the fact that he got the lead and you know a combination of him not being able to get loose and just didn't have the feel for the other two pitches, he said, okay, you know what, I'd mm-hmm. rather try and get a little looser, maybe throw a little bit harder with my four seam, which is exactly what he did by the fifth inning. You mentioned it. He's throwing 97 miles an hour. You know, that plays. You throw 97 from a three-quarter arm angle and hide it a little bit, and you can tunnel two different curveballs off of that. Why, why, why try and reinvent the wheel and throw four pitches when you really don't have to? So 
yeah, I, th- I think he did. Once he got the lead in the second inning, I do think he changed the game plan. Let's talk a little bit about Trevor Richards as well. Came in with two on, two out to face uh, Trevor's story. Strikes him out with a 93-mile-an-hour fastball. I'm sitting there watching this thinking at some point I'm going to see a change yep. from him. He had so much confidence in his fastball and in his fastball location tonight. You know, I, again, I I can't. I really don't know where this bullpen would be if they hadn't gone out and gotten Richards and Simber last year and made that that deal when they when they did it. Trevor Richards and Adam Simber continue to be. Just a gift that keeps on giving for this team. Yeah, Richards, you mentioned that one at bat against Trevor Story. He threw six pitches. He threw five fastballs and one curveball. I, I was with you. I was waiting for the changeup. You know that's sort of. His... I thought strike two for sure. We're going to see the change. Yeah, you know he'll he'll set he'll make the fastball that look that much harder with the changeup. He'll get ahead with it. He'll get back an account with it. And it just seems for whatever reason, the last couple of times he's been out there, he likes his elevated fastball. You know, he's he's trying to be a little bit more unpredictable because second time through in the American League East, you know, hot mm-hmm. and heavy, most mm-hmm. of these teams have seen him. They understand the changeup. They, they know what he's trying to do with it. And now you're seeing him go out there with a little different game plan. He's using the breaking ball to make the elevated fastball that much better. That's a little backwards for me. Normally, it's the changeup. Now, it's the breaking ball and the elevated fastball. So, yeah, I'm with you. You know, without those two guys that you just mentioned, now you're going to get more Merriweather, Barucki, and Mesa. You know, how how much confidence do you think Charlie has in those three guys? Probably not not a ton right now. No, and then Richards came out for the eighth inning. It took him two pitches to get two outs and a fly ball and a ground out, and then he struck out Connor Wong. Uh, before Julian Merriweather came in and uh, pitched a one, two, three, ninth inning, it's the uh, to give the Blue Jays the win, the first win this year where Jordan Romano hasn't been called upon to uh, to save the game. So yeah, as I said, look, a uh, uh, considering the way that night started out, considering what happened last night and the way the Jays lost the game on uh, a couple of Bo Bichette errors, that's pretty much that's pretty much what what the doctor ordered for the blue jays and you know if they can get they can get through this houston series and if if they can have had good starts from all their starters or at least competitive starts from all their starters because i truly do believe that you say kikuchi start is something they can they can build on if they can get through this houston series kevin and come back home with Everybody in their rotation, including Ross Stripling, having at least, at the very least, pitched competitive games, they'll be in, they'll be in pretty good shape. Yeah, yeah. For me, I, th- I think if you look offensively, you mentioned the starting pitching there. That's a that's a must for them to at least keep them around, give the offense a chance. But for me, the offense has to not strike out eleven times. Like you know, the the, the as many times as they're striking out in these games, that that just is telling you that a lot of these guys aren't having competitive at bats and there's you know, a lot sometimes... going on there's a lot of that going on though look at look at the red sox tonight kevin look at the red sox there yeah they what, were what were they one for 14 with men on base yeah yeah well again this is the, the uh, uh, we had this conversation me and you today on on, on blair and barker expectations a little different for you know the blue jays and they are right now for the red sox and and this lineup for me anyway is shouldn't be punching out 11 times again it's a small sample size and we know who's not there and we know, you know, sort of what Vladdy looks like right now and, and the hiccups that Bo's had. But I just think for me, at least tonight, they, they made an effort to go the other way. 
Yeah. If you can take anything away from the, the approaches that the offense had, you could tell they were at least trying on a ball middle away to at least think about trying to go to right center. And that's you got to start somewhere. And that's a decent start trying to do that. The Blue Jays will go for the series win tomorrow afternoon. It'll be a 137 first pitch on the Sportsnet radio network, the Blue Jays radio network. Kevin Gossman will be on the mound for the Blue Jays. Tanner Houck for the Boston Red Sox. Get you caught up. You know, according to Charlie Montoyo, that George Springer suffered a contusion when he was hit by a pitch. The forearm was not broken. That's certainly good news. We'll see if George is in the lineup tomorrow, day game after night game, and with that series coming up in Houston. But um, I I would dare say, Kevin, that when George Springer left the field, I I know what I was thinking. I mean, I I, I just, I hate to say it, but I just kind of sort of assumed that, well, there's going to be some sort of fracture or something, and he's, He's, uh, you know, and, and he's going he's gonna to have to spend some time in the DL, but uh, that's not the case. And uh, we'll see if the, Jays, if the Jays can get by for a day without George Springer. Reminder of our schedule, Blair and Barker, we will be on at 1 o'clock tomorrow. We will be your pregame leading up to the first pitch. That game will not be, I'm sorry, that our show will not be on TV tomorrow. Uh, it will be back on TV on Sportsnet 360 on Friday at our normal time, 10 to noon. And, of course, Kevin and I will do Blue Jays talk immediately following uh, Friday's game against the Astros. And we will have a Blue Jays talk tomorrow afternoon after the conclusion of the Red Sox-Jays game. Kevin, we just got a couple of minutes, some final thoughts from you. Yeah, again, you know, I, I think this is exactly what you you expect from your number one guy. You know, he didn't have his best stuff. It was obvious. But to be able to give what he gave, and, and you know, they, they went away from this not having to use their bullpen, at least their main guys out of the bullpen, going into tomorrow, that's that's only going to help this team. You know, Kevin Gosman, I think, has found something. He's found the release point on the split change thing that he likes to throw. And when he has late movement, it things tunneling the way it was in his last start. He's going to really give them a good chance. Hopefully, George Springer's playing. Again, the the at bats for me anyway got a little better. I know I know the numbers mm-hmm. really don't say that with eleven strikeouts and the two for eight with runners in scoring position, but at least you know the six out of the nine hits with two strikes. That's a you plus. can see a process. You could you see could. The, the opposite field. You, you could you could see guys trying to find their footing. You can tell they've had a conversation about it, and that that's yes. where it starts. Is you know after one game you make an adjustment to what they're trying to do to you, and you can tell they they try to do that. So hopefully that carries into tomorrow. They have better at bats to score more runs. The more runs they score, it's going to make it that much easier on Charter to make the right moves coming out of the bullpen. Mr. Barker, as always, thank you so much for doing this. Again, the final score tonight: the Toronto Blue Jays six. The Boston Red Sox won. Jose Barrios giving up a run on seven pitches, keeping it together. The bullpen coming in and doing a lot of heavy lifting. Bottom of the order coming through for the Jays. A five-run second inning. Bo Bichette with a two-run single. And Rymel Tapia pulling a home run, wrapping it around the pesky pole. Well, actually a little longer than that. It was about 428 feet, so it's not like it was... It's not like it was a cheapie. For all of us here at Blue Jays Talk, I'm Jeff Blair. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. 
feed your wild side baseball fans.